This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. Birds in the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. Oh, we are back at it. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Boomer, how are you, my man? You know what? I'm doing great, Mike. And, uh, you know, when I think about the NFL and I think about all the different things that could happen, I think we knew that Christian McCaffrey was going to get traded. I'm shocked that he got traded for four first, uh, four picks, I should say, four draft picks. To the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's a great move by the 49ers. They are an all-in team. And I don't know if you know this, but this seems to be like an arms race out there in the NFC West. And you know the Rams aren't just going to stand pat. No, and it's a couple of things too, Boomer. Is A, he's a rental. I was shocked at the compensation. But if you look at the football fit, isn't this perfect? I mean, not, I mean, he's used to his own scheme. So he fits right in there. And Shanahan, I mean, this is like nightmare fuel if you're a linebacker facing the Niners. He's going to move all the chess pieces, and he's going to find your Achilles heel and just keep slicing. I, I, I thought it was a brilliant move for them. They I, paid a lot, but it's brilliant. No, they paid a lot for sure. And then when you take a look at his contract, this year it's only about 650000 against the cap, which is unbelievable. And then next year and the year after that and the year after that, I think he's going to average out to about $12 million against the cap. And by that time, they'll be able to figure out how they'll be able to manage the entire cap. But I... I think this is good for Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. But remember, this team is still built on their defensive line, and they got to get healthy. And I think Nick Bosa is going to play this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that will be the game of the week, and that will be the game we'll all be looking forward to. Yeah. All right. With that, let's get to the rundown. This is the NFL Rundown. All right, Booms. I want to have a little fun with you. Thursday night football. Let's go back to it. Straight up, was that the most destructive half of football you've ever seen a quarterback play? <laughs> Andy Dalton goes, pick in the end zone, into a pick six, into hold my beer, watch this trick, pick six again. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I felt bad for him. I've been in games like that where I've thrown for about 450 yards and I've had three picks and four touchdowns. But, you know, that first pick, real, I mean, the well, the second pick, I should say, that turned into a return for a touchdown was not his fault. I mean, that goes right off of his receiver's hands, and that's just part of living as a quarterback. But I do believe that we could change maybe some of these statistics to reflect the fact that the receiver dropped the ball, for God's sake. The second one was a really bad one, and I know that is going to stick with him. That's the one that sticks with you all week. You can't sleep at night. You have like uh, nightmares about it. But you know, finally, at least we got a game that had some points in it, and maybe Kyler Murray kind of settled down a little bit. And I do like the fact that he and Cliff Kingsbury showed a little bit of emotion on the sideline. 
I was going to ask you about that. Something or nothing. You're good with it. That's just two competitors. That's just the moment. I just think about me and my man, uh, Sam Weish. We used to have our moments on the sideline. Uh, people can't really truly appreciate the intensity, especially when you're losing and things aren't going well. And you have two hotheads. You have uh, Kyler Murray, who's a hothead. And you, of course, have Cliff Kingsbury, who I didn't realize he was as vocal as he or the guys have said he is now. But uh, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. As long as they win, when they lose, yeah. that's when it really looks bad. Yeah, that was a had-to-have-it game. I want to ask you, Bills and Chiefs, obviously number one and number two in the AFC. But let's have some fun. Who's the three seed in the AFC right now in your mind? Uh, you know, I would say probably the Bengals are. And I feel like the last two weeks, the Bengals have started to come on pretty good. Their offense is starting to shake it up a little bit now. Their offensive line hasn't given up the sacks. Joe Burrow's getting rid of the ball. Their defense has been solid all year long. So I'm going to so say, underrated, Boomer. It's so underrated. Nobody appreciates the Bengal D. Yeah, well, Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, is a terrific defensive coordinator. And last year, in December and in January, and then again in February, of course, he his defense really was one of the reasons why they were able to stay in a lot of those games, especially games in the playoffs where they got the three picks against Tennessee. And, of course, they turned the game around, I thought, at the end of the first half against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game when Andy Reid – you know, eschewed the field goal attempt and went for it, and they didn't get the points. So that whole game shifted there, and that's because of Lou Anarumo, Lou Anarumo and what he does with that defense. So for me right now, I would say that the Bengals are starting to show a little life. They got the Falcons this week at home, so hopefully they come away with another win and they continue on their winning ways. Uh, I want to ask you, obviously, you might know what this means because I had no holy clue. When Aaron Rodgers comes out, they played – they were atrocious – He's yet to have a game with 275, by the way. Um, talking about they need to simplify the offense. LaFleur goes up there about 10 seconds later, looks in the camera, smiles, and is like, I don't even know what that means. Can you unpack any of that for me? I mean, what are we even talking about? You know, Aaron Rodgers is complicated. <laughs> uh, that's what it is. He's a real. He could be a real pain in the ass, to be honest with you. And I like Aaron. I'm a huge fan of his. And I think he does spectacular things on the football field. But off the field, he's mercurial. He's a little bit wacky. Um, you know, he, they even asked him as to whether or not the team would be involved in trades for wide receivers. You know, he's got a room full of wide receivers that he's got to deal with right now. So you also have to worry about the long-term you know, damage that he may be doing to some of these young kids. I, you know, I don't know exactly everything that's going on there, but – he seems to be distancing himself from, you know, the kind of responsibility that he has to has to show. And the reason I say that is because if you're going to make $50 million and you're going to eat up that much of the salary cap somewhere along the line, you're going to end up paying for it. And for him right now, he's paying for it with a youthful group of wide receivers. And I know he's frustrated, but he makes it really difficult on everybody around him, including Matt LaFleur. So I... I think there's a frustration there from the Green Bay front office side, but I do believe that they know that they have one of the great quarterbacks of his generation. The problem is they don't have anybody for him to throw to right now. Yeah, uh, weird. Who could see it coming? You trade the best receiver, arguably, in Packer history, and you replace him with a daycare center. Weird, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> just remember that wide receiver wanted to leave. I know, but boom, they had to do something, and they did nothing. And they you, could not you – know well, they I tried. Know. They tried, but they couldn't spend $70 million on two players on offense. They just can't – you can't do that in the no. NFL. And their defense needs to play better. I'm so sick of hearing about how much draft capital and money they spend on that defense. It's good. It needs to be great, and it's not. 
Um, I want to ask you about Brady. And I th- this was weird to me. The story all week, a lot of smoke. You had some people who cover the league bring it up. Brady possibly calling it quits in season. I thought that was insane. <laughs> and then he got asked about it. I just, where are you at with Brady? I, he ain't walking away mid-year. But, I mean, no, I, how do you build him back? He looks awful. Well, I, I first of all, he's not quitting in mid-season. I can tell you that no. right now. I, um, so that that's uh, whatever wherever that hyperbole came from. I'm not really sure. Uh, secondly, uh, <laughs> there's a chance he may come back and play again next year if the divorce oh. goes through with Giselle because he won't have Giselle breathing down his neck to quit football. So oh, you never God. know about that. Uh, the other thing too is is that I I just think he's fine. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I still think that they're going to win that NFC South. Uh, they may have to go on the road and go win a playoff game or two to in order to make it to the Super Bowl, but. Believe it or not, I still am bullish on the the Bucks. I'm certainly bullish on Tom Brady. I am ne- I will never ever go against him in a situation man, like this, man. even though it hasn't looked great. Boomer, you are the cello player on the Titanic. <laughs> you are going down holding that violin with these. I mean, look, you better thank they better thank God they're in that division because I'll tell you they are. Well, they you are remember ransom. you remember when he was in the AFC East? The AFC East wasn't that great either. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like, you know, he's at the right place at the right time with the right team. Now, you know, the interesting thing is, remember, they have a new head coach down there, and Todd Bowles does the things differently than Bruce Arians. Yep. So that also could be having somewhat of a negative impact on the overall success of that team. But we also know that injuries on that offensive line. And the other thing I would say, I was a little bit, uh, I don't want to say shocked because I know how Tom is on the sideline. When things aren't going well, he tries to amp people up. He tries to get people angry. He tries to get himself mentally angry and yep. on edge. Uh, the fact that he went to uh, Robert Kraft's wedding last week and missed the walkthrough on Saturday, you know that Didn't doesn't like sit, it. that does not sit well with me. I can tell you right now, and no, I don't think his I'll teammates t- like it either. No, and I look. I, I'm not going to try to play Frazier Crane. But I'm just at a point. He's acting differently. This isn't the same guy. It feels like real life's catching up with him a little bit. He's I'm got not a, a lot of stuff going. Listen, he's got a lot of stuff going on, Mike. A lot of no, stuff. No, that's what I'm saying, and we have to acknowledge it. I just don't think we can pretend he's totally compartmentalizing. I don't think that that's accurate. Um, I want to ask you about Nick Sirianni, and maybe maybe I'm crazy, Boomer. Eagles come out; they just light it up in the first half every week. They're a machine. There's tempo. There's precision. They're killing people. The second half, it's like a train with square wheels. It, what what is it here now? I mean, is this people figuring it out? Is this something about their install? What, what am I missing? Where the Eagles just can't get it going in the second half? All right, so this is where teams have to self scout themselves, and they have to look at themselves and figure out what they're doing right, and kind of accentuate that, and then figure out what they're doing wrong. And I know coaching staffs do this all throughout the season, and they have analytics geeks looking at them, they have scouts looking at them. Everybody is looking at ways to improve the football team, especially when you have the only undefeated football team in the league. So sometimes what happens when you get big leads, you naturally just let down. It doesn't. It's not something that you're doing on purpose. It just means the other team is playing with a little bit more desperation, a little, uh, a little bit more anger. Nobody wants to ever get pushed around. The other coaching staff is challenging the, you know, the uh, I would say the testosterone of their own team. So this is, I think, what's happening a little bit with the Eagles. But I'm sure that Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff are trying to figure out a way to be much more effective in the second half and be the same team that they had been in the first half. So they're 6-0. and 
Um, they they definitely uh, are are the best team in the NFC right now. And to me, I, I just think that they're going to try to figure this out. And if he's a good coach, like I do believe he is, uh, they'll kind of even things out and be more consistent through four quarters of play. Uh, I can't believe we're about to do this topic. Giants and Jets, is it time for us to look at these two as more than just cute and cuddly and fun? Are they possibly wild card teams? Um, I would say yes. Uh, the Giants have a better chance, I think, just simply because of the NFC uh, and the fact that they only have one loss, which is amazing. And this week they travel on the road to Jacksonville. Uh, I do out, like Boomer. I, I do. I you know, I know. I know. I do like their coaching kind of sense. I like the Wink Martindale, Brian Dayball combination, yeah. and it really has had a profound effect on this team. And last week, for the first time, Kayvon Thibodeau, their first-round draft pick, came up with a huge play against Lamar Jackson. And we were talking all week long here in New York that if they could beat the Ravens, because this was a game, and you know this as a Giant fan, that normally the Giants lose at home in their front of their home fans. And it's a yep. just a muddling game. It's an ugly game. But no, it wasn't. And – by the way, the week before their defense showed up, they beat the Packers, and their defense made the plays late in the fourth quarter. This week, it was the offense and Daniel Jones showing up in the fourth quarter and leading a fourth comeback this year, four more than he's had the previous year. So he, he's only had three up to this year, and he's already had four this year. So that's a good thing. That's a good sign for your New York Giants. Hey, Wandell Robinson came back. It'd be nice if somebody could locate Kadarius Tony, but we'll leave that one alone. Um, I want to ask you real quick, what is this Elijah Moore story? Team's winning. You're a second-year player. I know he only was targeted once this past week, but he's been in the mix. De de demanding a trade. I go, what? They're not trading you, kid. I, you're on a dirt-cheap contract, and you're talented. What am I missing here? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. He's been targeted 28 times. Uh, Corey... Davis has been targeted 32 times, and I believe that Garrett Wilson is about 70 times. So it's not like he's not getting targeted. He's just not getting balls thrown to him. And last week, after the Packers game, nobody even looked at him. Now, they only threw the ball 18 times, and they only completed it 10. You know, it was a driving rainstorm. Their defense was playing great against Aaron Rodgers, and their special team scored right. a touchdown. So you kind of get knocked off track on offense, and there's just not a lot of opportunities. You know, he has the same agent as Robbie Anderson. And you saw what Robbie Anderson, he, he yeah. was a pain in the ass down in Carolina, and they couldn't wait to get rid of him, so they traded him to Arizona. So maybe there's a little bit of that going on, and everybody out there right now knows that there are three teams that are trying to acquire wide receivers. It's the Rams, the Packers, the, the Chiefs to some extent as well. So you know that there are these young wide receivers kind of envisioning playing maybe with Aaron Rodgers or with Patrick Mahomes. And I do believe that that is kind of what's fueling some of this for Elijah Moore. But I, I'm with you. They are not going to trade him. He's one of their key draft picks from last year. They just have to find the right role for him. But the other thing, too, is you know they need to get Zach Wilson going here. He's got to be more the reason why they're winning. And I think they're going to have a really, really tough go this week against the Denver Broncos. You and I are absolutely in alignment on that one, but we'll we'll save that for the picks. Uh, I know you I know you enjoy this slash hate this, so let's do it. Coaching malpractice uh, award of the week. I want, but this one's questionable. I want to know where you're at with this. So Bills Chiefs game of the week. It was awesome to watch. So McDermott already you've already got a red zone turnover. They fumble after the big the first drive, and I go, oh man, they're in trouble. So you're at least down three points there, right? You're a minus three. But then they come back, game 7-3, they drive it down, they got a fourth and goal from the three. 
They passed on the field goal. And at that point, I think you watched it the same way I did. That was a defensive game. You knew this wasn't going to be 38-38. He passed on it. They don't get it. Now you're down a possible six. I know analytically right move. I didn't like it at all because the analytics don't take into account the actual game you're playing. I wanted your take on McDermott on that. On all that right. Play. So I, and I always tell you that you have to take into account who you're playing, where you're playing, and who's playing for you and what kind of condition are they in and, and what kind of statement are you trying to make. So every game has its own set of circumstances that you're dealing with. For the Buffalo Bills, this game has been on the schedule the day that it came out and everybody's been focusing on this. And I think Sean McDermott said, you know what, we're going in, we're going to be aggressive. And I have one of the best quarterbacks in the league who's playing at an MVP level. I have the best defense in football that I can rely on. If I make a decision and it doesn't work out, I think they'll get me the ball back. And I got to tell you, when I look at it, I I, I, I was thinking about you, and I, th- I might have texted you. I'm not even sure if I texted you during the game when this happened. And I was just saying to myself, this is the situation that if I'm Sean McDermott, I am being uber aggressive um, okay. because we're playing against Patrick Mahomes and we're in Arrowhead. You know, the other thing we found out in this game is that even if you squib the kick uh, after you score a touchdown or a field goal, that Patrick Mahomes can still score with only 12 seconds left to go on the clock. So uh, I think Sean McDermott has gone through some coaching lessons over the last two years playing at Arrowhead in, in just really unique situations. So his aggressiveness I can appreciate in this in this particular situation. All right. Now, the picks. And I'm telling you, Boomer and I are revving the engines. We're heating up, people. <laughs> We're heating up. We'll get to the picks next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.